Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina wa min sayhi'ati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudilla lahu wa man yudlil falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullah haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Ya ayyuhalnasu attaqu rabbakumulladhi khalaqakum min nafsi wahida Wa khalaqa minha zawjaha wa batha minhuma rijalan kathira wa nisaa Wa attaqullah alladhi tasaaluna bihi wal arham Inna allaha kana alaykum raqiba Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullah wa kulu qawlan sadida يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد أيها المؤمنون عباد الله اتقوا الله تعالى فإنكم بتقوى مكلفون وأطيعوا الله والرسول لعلكم ترحمون وعليكم بالصدق مع الله في الأكوال والأفعال والأحوال لعلكم تفلحون أوسلي سفى الله سبحانه وتعالى after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after passing salutations upon our illustrious leader Muhammad ibn Abdullah, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi, and peace and blessings upon all his companions. Ameen. And last week we started and we spoke about the life of Hussein radiyallahu an. And we got to the point where we just reached the martyrdom or what led to the martyrdom of Hussein radiyallahu an. So Hussein radiyallahu an, he sets out to Kufa, which is in Iraq, on the eighth day of Dhul Hijjah, which is known as Yawm Tarwiyah. So the Sahaba who were present with him in Mecca, and as we discussed last week and as we spoke, we ended off by saying that many of the companions, like Abdullah ibn Zubair, like Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, Anas ibn Malik and others, they spoke to Hussein radiallahu anhu and they informed him, why would you want to go to a people that was treacherous against your father? and that they will do the same to you. Instead, they told him, today's Yawm Tarwiyah, which is the 8th of Dhul Hijjah, tomorrow's Yawm Al-Arafah. So make Hajj. Right? Go to Arafah tomorrow on the 9th, and then you take it from there. And as we know, Hussein radiallahu an, he refused, and he set out with members of the Ahlul Bayt. Now we need to understand that Hussein radiallahu an doesn't leave Makkah with an army. And the reason why he doesn't leave Makkah with an army 
because he's expected to meet who? He's expected to meet the people of Kufa. Remember, they sent about up to 500 letters telling Hussein radiallahu an that we are going to stand by you. We are going to take bay'ah by you and we will support you. But as we've established now that these were the same people from Kufa that turned their backs on the father of Hussein radiallahu an, Ali ibn Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him. And as we will see later, from the people that were with Hussein from the Ahlul Bayt was his own children. Was some of the children of Ali radiallahu an, his brothers, etc. And we find that Hussein, he sets off and he leaves and he's on his way to Kufa. And he reaches a place which is known as Qadasiyah. And this is just before Karbala. And when he's at this place, he meets the army which is led by Umar bin Sa'd. And he has approximately about 4,000 men with him. And he speaks to Hussein and he says to Hussein radiallahu an that you need to come to Kufa and you need to meet Ubaidullah bin Ziyad. Now we need to understand that Ubaidullah bin Ziyad was sent by Yazid to try and get Hussein and his people to come and take bay'ah by him in Sham. So when Hussein radiallahu an, when he sees the seriousness of this matter, he says to Umar bin Sa'd, I'm going to present three options. And you decide which option is the best. So he says, number one, allow me to return back to Makkah. Number two, allow me to go to a safe place where there are Muslims. Or number three, I will go to Yazid. Umar bin Sa'd, he says, I will send you to Yazid. So whilst this conversation takes place, there's a messenger or there's someone else, he hears this and what does he decide to do? He decides to go to Ubaidullah bin Ziyad and to explain to him this conversation between Umar and Hussein radiallahu Ubaidullah bin Ziyad then decides to send Shimr bin the Al-Jawsan with another army. There's already three to four thousand men. But now he sends Shimr with another army to go meet Hussein and those people that were with Hussein. And as we know, they were not fighters. They were not Osman. But rather they were from the Ahlul Bayt. They were from the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So now Hussein radiallahu an he addresses the army from Kufa. And at this time, there's only about 70 horsemen. So 70 fighters have come and joined Hussein. And the army of Kufa now has reached up to 5,000 people. So when they met Hussein radiallahu an, they addressed the army, or he addressed the army of Ubaidullah bin Ziyad. And Hussein radiallahu an says to them, Irji'u wa tuhasibu. He says to them, return back to where you came from and take stock of yourselves. Ponder on this matter. Why are you actually here? And then he poses a question to them and he says, Do you think it is correct that you kill someone like me? I am the son of the daughter of your messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He doesn't say that I'm the son of the daughter of the Prophet He says that he is your messenger as well. And then he says, and there is not on the face of the earth another son of the daughter of the messenger وسلم, other than me, as his brother Hassan has passed on. And then he says that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said regarding me and my brother هَذَانِ سَيْهِدَا شَبَابِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ That these two, Hassan and Hussein, they are the leaders of the youth in Jannah. He urged them to leave the command of Ubaidullah bin Ziyad and only 30 people left and joined Hussein. Amongst them was Harru bin Yazid al-Tamimi who was once upon a time, he was one of the leaders of Ubaidullah bin Ziyad's army. So as we know, during those times, the army had certain sections. Maybe some horsemen, maybe some that were fighting with bow and arrow, etc. So he led a part of the army. <coughs> and what happens is he leaves the army of Ubaidullah and he joins Hussein radiallahu an and as he's about to leave the people of Ubaidullah's army they asked him you were just with us now but now you are leaving us to join Hussein radiallahu an listen to his reply he says woe unto you Wallahi, he takes an oath and he says, By Allah, I choose for myself between Jannah and Jahannam. And I'll choose Jannah even if I'm cut up or burnt. Meaning that he's realized that the haq is with who? That the haq is with Hussein radiallahu an and his people. They then prepare, or after this they move to a place which is famously known to us as Karbala. And Hussein radiallahu an 
He says about Karbala. radiyallahu an. And we need to understand at this moment, Hussein radiyallahu an. He's also realized he doesn't have an army with him anymore. And he mentions something about Karbala and he splits this word into two. He says that Karb, which yani means distress, and Bala means a calamity. So Hussein radiallahu anhu is realized what is going to happen. So after this conversations, it is time for Salah to Dhuhr, and it is time to make Salah. And obviously because they are travel, they join between Salat al-Dhuhr and Salat al-Asr. Hussein radiallahu anhu then says that you have your Imam, meaning the army of Ubaidullah, and we have our Imam, which was obviously Hussein radiallahu and we will make Salah separately. The army of Ubaidullah, they say no, we will make Salah under one Imam and, we will, and they all stood in Salat al-Dhuhr and Asr behind Hussein radiallahu anhu. After the Salah, they pondered and everyone went to their respective tents. That evening, some people comes from the army of Ubaidullah and they approach Hussein radiallahu and they asked him, what have you decided? He says to them, I will decide over this matter tonight and I will inform you tomorrow. And then it is reported in some books that Hussein radiallahu anhu says that indeed I love salah. So I'm going to make salah meaning salatul istikhara and ask Allah azza wa jal to guide me. The next morning which is the day of Jum'ana we find that the fighting started after Fajr and killing as well and we find that the family of the Ahlul Bayt that was with Hussein radiallahu an was martyred on the plains of Karbala until Hussein and his son radiallahu anhuma Ali ibn Hussein was left alone and now we find they were left alone for a few hours because nobody in the army of Ubaidullah had the heart to fight and kill the grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Shimr bin Di al-Jawsan he becomes extremely angry. Remember, he is now in charge of the army of Ubaidullah. So he becomes extremely angry, he becomes extremely worked up and upset. And he asks his members of the army, are you not going to go forth? Are you not going to go forth? Etc. We find that one man by the name of Sinan bin Anas an nakhai he steps up and he says, I will go forward. Now we need to realize that during those battles 
They had something which is known as a duel. One person from the one army, the other person from the other army, and they go out and fight. In, and it said that Sinan bin Anas al Nakhai killed Hussein radiallahu an and he cut his neck off. Some historians say that it was Shimr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curse be on both of them. So now Hussein radiallahu an is martyred. He's killed unjustly. What does Shimr and Sinan do? They take the head of Hussein radiallahu an and they put it on a platter and they present it to Ubaidullah bin Ziyad. So what does Ubaidullah bin Ziyad do? He takes a stick and he starts poking the, face, the mouth of the severed head of Hussein radiallahu an. And in this gathering at this time was Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an. He gets up and he says to Ubaidullah that the head of Al Hussein radiallahu an was brought and it was put on a tray. And then he started playing with a stick, poking it in the mouth. And then Anas ibn Malik says, Al Hussein radiallahu an resembled the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam more than the others did. And Anas radiallahu an he added that Hussein radiallahu an's hair was dyed with wasma. And wasma is a kind of plant used as a dye. Imagine, he resembled the looks of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this Khabith Ubaidullah, he finds it fit to poke at the face and in the mouth of Hussein radiallahu anhu. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them what they deserve. So members of the Ahlul Bayt that were martyred on the plains of Karbala. Six children of Ali ibn Abi Talib. Two children of Hussein. Three children of Hassan. Five children of Muslim bin Aqil. And two children of Abdullah bin Ja'far. These were all the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These were the people of his household. These were the people that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said they are not eligible for sadaqah and for zakah. Because Allah azza wa has blessed them to be from the household of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And it is our duty as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, that we don't shy away from speaking of the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and included in the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam 
is the mothers of the believers, the Ummahatul Mu'mineen. So, slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we find that there are three groups. There are three groups regarding the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu an. And the first group is those who say that Hussein's martyrdom and the killing of Hussein was correct, and it was justified. As they believe that Hussein radiallahu an, he made khuruj against an imam of his time, and that the imam did the right thing. And then they quoted the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man atakum wa amrukum jami'un ala rajulin wahidin, yuridu ayyashukka asakum, أو يفرق جماعتكم فقتلوه. That the messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, when you are holding to one single man as your leader, you should kill who seeks to undermine your solidarity or disrupt your unity. They use this hadith out of context, and this is the view of the Nawasib who hated. Hussein radiallahu an and they hated the Ahlul Bayt. We as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we reject this belief. O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are certain groups like the Rafidiyah, like the Shia, and certain groups that claim to be part of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, like the Barilwiyah and the extreme Sufis, that they use this term Nawasib haphazardly. And they would accuse us as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah to be Nawasib. Because they have also chosen the day of Ashura, as we will see a bit later, of a day of mourning and a day of beating up themselves. The second group, which is the Rafidiyah, the Shia. They believe that Hussein, he was the Imam of the time. And they believe that he was the only one that had the right to be the Imam. Not even the companions that were there. That had more right over this. Because they believe in the Ithna Asharia. They believe that the Imams of 12 starting from Ali radiallahu an and ending by the Mahdi that has been hiding in the cave for the last 14 or 1500 years. So this is the view of the Shia. As for the third view, the third group, which is the view of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we believe that Hussein radiallahu an was killed unjustly. He was not the Imam of his time. He did not rebel against the leader. And we believe he was killed unjustly and he died as a martyr. Qala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-hasanu wal-husayn sayhida shabab ahli al-jannah aqulu hadha qawl wa astawfirullah li wa lakum wa lisair al-muslimina min kulli dhamb fastawfiru innahu huwa al-ghafuru al-rahim.
Alhamdulillahi ahmaduhu jalla wa'ula ala ihsanihi Washkuruhu subhanahu wa ta'ala ala fadlihi wa amtinarihi Washadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah Washadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Sallallahu wa sallama alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Amma ba'di ba'dallah ittaqullaha ta'ala after the martyrdom of Hussein radiyallahu an, O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and as time progressed, we find that two innovations and two bid'ah has occurred regarding the 10th of Ashura and the day of Karbala. The first of them being that they make this day of Ashura all about sadness all about mourning all about crying all about beating up themselves they dress up in dark colors they put up banner in banners up in their places that they call of worship and in their Husseiniyas some of these banners they have shirk written of them Calling out Mada to Hussein, calling out Mada to Ali, Wanaudu Billah. They also have programs from the first of Muharram until the tenth of Muharram. And after the speech, every single night, they will stand and they will start hitting their chests, as we find here in Cape Town. In other places in the world, they will start beating themselves with knives and any sharp, sharp object and not only do they beat themselves but they would even go to the extent of beating small little babies the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam laysa minna man latama al-khudud wa shakka al-juyub wa da'a bid'a'wa al-jahiliyya the Prophet peace be upon him he informs us and he says to us in a hadith that he who slaps his cheeks tears his clothes and follows the ways and traditions of the days of Jahiliyyah is not of us. Abu Burda, may Allah be pleased with him, he said that my father Abu Musa got seriously ill and he lost consciousness. His head was in the lap of a woman of our family and she began to wail. When Abu Musa recovered his consciousness he said, I am innocent from those from whom the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is innocent. For indeed the messenger of Allah declared himself free of the responsibility for a woman who wails, shaves her head and tears up her clothes. O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is exactly what this first group does up until today. And many of the historians and many of the ulama of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, when they speak about the beating of the chest that they do during the time of Muharram, which they call Matam, they say that this has come from a group after the death of Hussein that came from Kufa and they called themselves the Tawwabun or the Tawwabin. Why? 
because they realized that it was because of them and they realized that they were treacherous against Hussein radiallahu an so they would start beating their chests and the second innovation with regards specifically to the death and the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu an during the month of Muharram and especially on the 10th is that innovation of happiness that innovation of joy giving the small kids sweets and making it a day of celebration we as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaah we are totally against this way as well as this is taken from the roots of the Nawasib how can a person be happy at the martyrdom of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's grandson our slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we know that the 10th of Ashura was linked and to the saving of Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and this is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam encouraged us to fast on this day